1: Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 for 12.50 a.m. The Fan here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Dwight Albrecht. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Dewey300, spare time pro shop in beautiful New Berlin, Wisconsin. Phil Brilo, he is on the road. That is why he is not in studio uh, this week. Follow him on Twitter at brew city bowling. And uh, he'll tell you why he's on the road in just a little bit, but first we got to get a hall of famer on the line. The newly inducted Lenny Borsch jr joins us now after going into the PBA hall of fame uh, this weekend. How's it feel Lenny Borsch jr. To be called a PBA all of famer.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, feels pretty surreal. It's, uh, uh, it was just really hard to, believe we had a great night last night. Um, just really, really happy.
1: I got a question for you. The same question I asked Leroy Butler uh, with him waiting forever to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm going to ask you the same thing. At what point mm-hmm. did you think you had a shot to be in said Hall of Fame?
2: Well, it was a goal of mine to win another major. Um, sure, that would be the easiest route because at my age trying to get the titles, uh, you know, might have been a little rougher. But I figured one more major would have uh, made me eligible. But I definitely didn't expect to get in this quick. I figured it would be you know down the road sometime, possibly. Maybe I had to win another title or two, you know. Um yeah. But but uh, he came to and surprised me. I was uh I was just overwhelmed.
1: Okay, hold on. I gotta I gotta follow up on this. So in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, it's it's completely all overly publicized the whole deal. They have cameras following up with a uh, former player, teammate, whatever. They knock on the door like they did for Leroy, and then they record the whole thing or whatever. So how how was it for you guys for the PBA? How does that whole process work? Is it a call? Do you know when the call is supposed to come in if you're in? How does that work?
2: No, actually, Tom Clark came to my league at both Friday mornings at Castle Lane. In Racine, yep. He, come, he came down, yeah, in Racine, and he just hit him and Brylo down there, and he had told me, I said, hey, what are you guys doing here? Says, ah, uh, we're, we're here to promote the new tournament of Milwaukee. And Phil's uh, letting us do a couple promos here. I'm like, oh, cool. He goes, ah, I'm going like, to give you a shout out. I'm going to get before your league and announce it. And, you know, and uh, all of a sudden he's going into it, going into it. Uh, all of a sudden he um. said, so by the way, Lenny won a U.S. Open last. English fame hall, fame eligible, and we had a vote last night, and uh, he would be inducted into all things. So I caught me totally by surprise.
1: Wow. Yeah, in front surprise. of everybody in the league that knows you, your friends, and all that. and
2: Yeah, everybody was there, yeah.
1: That's awesome. And, Brylo, you were in on this, Phil?
2: Yeah,
3: Tom had called me up a couple of days before. He goes, hey, we got a surprise, Lenny. We want to know. I don't want to just do a phone call because he's so... Tom lives in the Milwaukee area. Right. And he's so close to Lenny, and it's just like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm there. I'm like, he didn't have to tell me twice. Um, I, I had a regional I was covering in Freeport, Illinois, right after that. And Lenny comes walking in. He yeah. sees me and he sees Tom. He's like, "What's what do you – you know, like the look of what the hell are you doing here? Right. And, you know, Tom swerved the whole thing. And then I went down, shot with the camera, and all of a sudden I knew when Tom was going to do it. I just started slowly turning, hoping that Lenny wouldn't see me, knowing that all of a sudden everything's on him. And, right. yeah, they replayed the clip last night where, where Tom told Lenny during the Hall of Fame back where they played the clip. And it was really cool for, for everybody to see. And you could just – you, you saw people on the tables around Lenny just sitting there nodding their heads. Like, See, yeah, and that's cool for the do, aspect of
1: now letting you'll always have that moment that you can look back on, mm-hmm. you know, going forward or other family members, can, you can always play that back for him going forward. I think that, that, that's a pretty cool deal versus if Tom shows up, he yep. does. It's still very cool, but if nobody's recording, and nobody knows about it, you never have that moment to look back on.
2: Right. Right. It was, what's was funny about it is that it's, as Brilo knows, we had a regional later that day. Yeah, and he was he was uh, live streaming it, and I almost didn't show up the bowl that day because I was just going to go to the practice session. I didn't want to overdo it. So I said, "No, nah, I need the bowl league. I missed a couple weeks, and, <laughs> so that'd have been bad upon missed
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tom <laughs> Clark would have been heartbroken. You got um, you would have got there, and uh, you're not there. Oh my God!
2: Right, go ahead, Dwight. Right,
0: right. So, Lenny, uh for the local and state. Uh, Hall of Fames in Wisconsin. I know that you have to have uh, requirements uh, and then a sponsor. Uh, what's the requirements to get into the PBA Hall of Fame? And did you have a sponsor?
2: No, it's actually all, all criteria. It's uh, the way it's. What is it? It's uh, for a regular regular tour. via that. route, it's ten titles or five titles and two majors. And the senior weigh in is eight titles or five titles and two majors. So once you become that, you're automatically eligible, and then then you probably, I guess it goes for a vote.
1: That's good stuff. Lenny Boris Jr., PBA Hall of Famer. Check out his pro shop. Of course, at Castle Lane's uh, down in Racine. Prices are going up now because now it's the Hall of Fame pro shop, (laughs) I'm assuming, right? We're changing the name as a sign, being installed as we speak.
2: Yeah, I still, still let this all sink in. It's just kinda of, I've been a nervous wreck for three months about this. And uh, in the middle of my speech I got kind of confused, but I, I got through it. But it was a great night.
1: So what what was the most important things for you going into that speech? I mean, obviously I think probably the biggest thing is just making sure to thank, you know, family and, and the people closest to you would be my guess.
2: Yeah, definitely my wife. It wasn't for her, you know, my kids' support. My God. I, I wouldn't have been in there. I would, you know what I mean? It's, it's you gotta you gotta have a good support team back home. And I definitely have that. She's always well, been there for me and and of course you gotta thank the your friends and family to help you out and all your coaches and which I feel bad I forgot to mention my coach last night. Mike Diaz has helped me out so much. Uh, but I will send him a note. But uh yeah, you know it's I forgot a few people, but definitely Storm, my sponsor, my, my big sponsor, and, and and all my friends and family.
3: Hey, Lenny, last night Tom Clark announced that there's going to be a new Veterans Committee for the Hall of Fame that's going to look at some of the guys that don't meet the criteria, like you've met the criteria with the five wins and two majors. What's a couple of the names that come to mind that could be in the Hall of Fame? And it doesn't necessarily have to be either tour level or PBA 50 tour level. I'm thinking of a guy like Dale Traber or Jeff Riggles that have just done and won so many titles on the regional tour that some of these regional guys could get recognized uh, on the PBA Hall of Fame as well. Are there a couple of names that stick out to you as veterans committee they should really look at these guys and get them in the hall?
2: Yeah, I think Walter had a really good formula. For he, he wants to do like a point system. I remember him talking about it uh you know a point for a regional so much for bigger tournaments you know maybe you need like a hundred points to get in or something. Um, you know, it's just kinda put something like that together, I think it'd be good. But but obviously like I mean Ryan straight. actually Jacob did a that article one time. He did a, a blog uh that was pretty interesting and mentioned a bunch of people. because you know a lot of guys like I think he mentioned like Neil Slyker Go for the title twelve times or ten, and he won once. They Ryan Schaefer bowled like so many times and finished second. And, you know how do you? I mean, winning is important, but you're up there every week. I mean, well, Ryan Schaefer definitely the first guy that comes to my mind. Steve Charles, uh, Bobby Lern, God, you know, you know a few guys like that that got multiple titles on both circuits. Yeah, um, yeah, it would be. It would be nice to see those guys get in for sure.
3: Yeah, and then Pete McCorder talked last night about how there's a Southwestern Regional PBA Hall of Fame. I think uh, we should start a, a Midwest Regional PBA Hall of Fame. Maybe how's it at Castle Lanes? I mean, since you're there, you've got to be oh, one of the that. first inductees. I mean, there's so many guys in the Midwest that have contributed to the sport. Uh, maybe we get uh, Phil to throw a few bucks back in the center. Dan Natt, the uh, new owner there as well. Uh, maybe we start a little wing at Castle Lanes with the Midwest Hall of Fame. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean it'd be nice. I mean, you said you mentioned Rickles, and maybe he's got a million titles. Travers, little Travers, yeah, that's
3: yeah, they should have a Midwest office. Yeah, there we go. That's my new project for uh, for the next six months. There you go. There Midwest you go. Work on
1: it, Phil. Yeah, we'll just have it. We'll just expand Castle Lanes and put in a whole other wing. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> real real easy. It's not your money, uh, uh, oh, Lenny. Uh, Dw- Dwight's got one more for you, and then I got a couple left. Go ahead, Dwight. Yeah, uh, sad news this
0: week. Uh, we read the passing of Jim Doty from Royal Pin Woodland Bowl. Uh, do you have any memories, uh, Lenny, of bowling at Woodland Bowl or uh, meeting uh, Jim Doty?
2: Uh, I didn't know him really well. I know what a great, great ambassador of the game he was, and what a great manager proprietor. Um, but yeah, I actually had, uh, the only TV show I ever made was at Woodland Bowl. So yeah, I got some really good memories there. Talking with,
1: yep, talk with Lenny Boris Jr., uh, PBA Hall of Famer, goes into the PBA Hall of Fame, uh, makes a speech the whole deal uh, over the weekend. Thanks for him for joining us on his way back. Uh, all right, Lenny, so explain this to me uh, from, from your perspective, as far as kind of the state of bowling, I guess, from a pro shop owner down in Racine. We always hear Dwight's spin from New Berlin from the spare time pro shop. How do you view the sport right now as far as the youth coming up, uh, the adult leagues that you see down there in Castle Lanes? Uh, how would you look at it from the racing perspective? It's only a kick,
3: a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run.
1: It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
2: Well, I think I've, I had my best year ever last year and going strong this year. And I you know, I probably noticed, too, you get a lot of recreational bowlers, teenagers coming in since COVID. Uh, you know, a lot of two-finger bowlers, but, you know, it's getting them started. And, uh, a lot of that, though, a lot of that, a lot of recreational bowlers. So I guess it's good. The lanes are full. Hopefully we get them in the leagues. But uh, I think bowling's in a really good place right now. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it's interesting. You talk about the recreational bowling uh, and getting them in. And they're for a long time. I don't know if you guys are still doing it or not, but you guys were doing like $5 Friday nights or whatever the case was. Um, And then that was scaled back a little bit. And I don't know what you guys are doing now, but I see it at Classic in Oak Creek with uh, high school kids that are going in there and randomly just bowling on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon uh, and, and doing their thing. Do you see an increase yeah. in, in those type of, of teenage bowlers versus, say, five, ten years ago, more so than it was well, before?
2: Yeah, I think big time. I said it's just, no, bowling's been good. And and it's funny, they're coming in, they're buying high-end balls, some of them, and they really know how to bowl. They just don't want to commit the leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, they're seeing, you know, kind of like us golfers, they they hear about the good clubs and they want the good equipment. And, and sometimes I gotta say, hey, you don't need that get a ball right now. But you know, it's, it's funny. And they're so internet savvy now; they read so much on the internet. Right. You know, they come in and they're throwing a house ball, and they want to know their PAP. And you know, <laughs> good <laughs> they god, they read so much. But yeah, it's crazy.
1: So, what about the two-handed bowlers? What are, What are your thoughts on that from a from a pro shop owner standpoint?
2: Well, it makes it easy. You really gotta drill two holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's uh, I think it's just the future. You know, at first I was like, ah, no, no I welcome it. It's just part of the part of the game. You know, it's uh, just uh, technology, and if I had a young kid, it would be hard to tell him not to do it for hey. sure. And uh, I think it's just, you know, the way it knows. It's made the drilling and the balls a little more unique. They all track so different. Yep. And uh, it's crazy.
0: I think it's uh, a social media, and again, I keep going back to these young kids come in and they start talking about PBA bowling and watching their favorites on TV. So we're getting more of that, and I'm really excited to see the younger crowd following the PBA.
2: Oh, it's crazy. They're big YouTubers now, too. A lot of people watch it. They learn how to bowl on YouTube. So Brad and Kyle. Yeah, Brad and Kyle.
3: Yep. Hey, Lenny, this year on the PBA 50 tour, it's going to be a little different schedule for you. Usually right now you'd start gearing up for that East Coast swing uh, that usually started, you know, beginning to mid-April. Now this year, nothing really starting until beginning of June. And you get a short West Coast swing and then it's basically like the old school tour. You're going to be going week to week to week from the, the first week in July all the way through the end of August uh what's the what's the approach to the 50 tour this year are you gonna hit every stop is it are you gonna be able to do it does it make it a little easier to balance the pro shop and the tour now with that condensed schedule
2: actually i think it, I think it actually made a little easier but uh the way it didn't i don't know you know going in later in the end of august i was kind of glad to cut back events that was a lot last year but um usually don't bowl them all, but I was at it with more Well so I continued last year. But so yeah, I kinda excited about that World Series thing and and um you know Florida in you know, August isn't isn't as appealing as April but but uh we're we are gonna give it a shot and I was been they're kinda nursing a sore up so I haven't bowled a lot. Um so hopefully we have been rehabbing that so, so maybe it's not starting until June is probably a good thing.
3: What's
1: the what's the draw like uh, when you guys go rolling into town and do these these PBA fifty events? As far as the fans that are coming out,
2: it's good. I mean, it depends. Every 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 town is different. I mean, you go to Florida, they're packed. You go to some places, there ain't that many. But overall, it's usually a pretty pretty good crowd there compared to probably some other tournaments, you know. But uh, yeah, you just never know, right? Right, Phil. You don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All yep. right. Very good. He is Lenny Borsch Jr. Check him out. Uh, if you're in the Wisconsin area, runs a poker shop down at Castle Lane's PBA Hall of Famer, Lenny Borsch Jr. Lenny, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it.
2: All right, Sparky, Wade, and Phil. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you having me on.
3: Thanks, Lenny. Safe drive home, Lenny.
1: There he is, Lenny Borsch Jr. joining us, PBA Hall of Famer. I've known that dude for a long time. We all have mm-hmm. known him for a long time. I didn't think he'd ever be a PBA Hall of Famer. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I mean, but, like you, bowling with the champs, all right. that other stuff, right? And you think, okay, like Phil said, okay, great regional bowler, Midwest uh, bowler, that whole deal. But if you would have told me 10, 15 years ago, he'd be a PBA Hall of Famer, I would have been like, well, how? Yeah. But the PBA 50 really opened up that avenue more than anything. To it, it did. And here's one for Phil because he loves
0: the history of it. Name another Wisconsin bowler that's in the PBA Hall of Fame.
3: Dick Ricker, that's it.
0: Right, Dick Richter Richter, from River Falls, I believe.
3: Yeah, he won a bunch of titles on tours in the 60s and 70s. And then he retired from the tour. He started Dick Richter bowling camps that were really successful for three decades with everybody that he coached. And then he had other professionals that he taught his system that they went out and did the Dick Richter camps. Uh, Yeah, they've been around for a long, long time.
0: Richter was uh, the opponent uh, when Don Johnson had the famous 299. Oh, yeah. Right. Richter was his opponent. Really? 278 and loses on TV. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. I'd be drinking for a week. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Get out of here, man. That's insane. You know, the other thing that I think I brought up here that I I wonder. So in a lot of Hall of Fames for the state of Wisconsin, so baseball, you know, high school baseball, Hall of Fame, football, whatever. uh, For pro sports, they have it uh, as well. Does the PBA have a contributor category uh, as far as, you know, what you've, you've brought to the sport and so forth and what what you've meant to the sport over the course of time, Phil? And if so, do they have quite a few of those type of people in the Hall of Fame or no?
3: Yeah, meritorious service they have a division for. Us. So last night, two of the inductees were for that. One of them being Pete McCordick. remember Pete shot that big 300 game in 1987 on TV. Yeah. Finished arms in the air at the foul line and – uh, Pete was the PBA Southwest Regional Manager for 25 years until he retired recently. Uh, the other inductee Meritorious service last night was Fred Borden. Uh, Fred, a great coach uh, for many, many years, worked with a lot of PBA players uh, based in Akron where the PBA started with Eddie Elias years ago. So there are quite a few members in the Meritorious service part of the PBA for those that have contributed not as only as PBA members or in the service for the PBA, but like Fred Borden, just as a great coach to so many professional players are
1: there commissioners in the PBA Hall of Fame
3: yes uh, so Antinora, in as well then. I know Joe Anhanor is in there obviously Eddie Elias as yeah. the founder of the PBA uh, there's a couple of the other ones that are that were in uh, the middle of 70s and 80s that are slipping my mind right now but uh definitely there's commissioners and other support personnel in there as well
1: where is the PBA Hall of Fame
3: it's virtual right now. Holy there God. were plans. Well, there were plans to put up something at South Point Bowling Plaza. I don't think that's progressed at all. Uh it they have be at some Bowling features. Heaven. They have some, fe- <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, partly. It
1: me. should be at Bowling Heaven. Yeah. Nobody, nobody supports. I mean, we could say Milwaukee, I guess. Right? I mean, we're that's all here, right. fine. I guess we're that's the capital right. Milwaukee oh. makes sense. The USBC yeah. used to be based here and all of that. I, yeah. I'm fine with that if you want to put it in Milwaukee. But to me, I mean. Bowling heaven seems to make a lot of sense. They put all that money into the renovations that they did out there. They're highly invested in bowling. Clearly that owner out there is highly invested in it. I'm sure if you went to that dude and said, Hey, look, man, we want you and us to kind of partner together in, in building this thing and and adding it on to what you have already or whatever. Now you're selling PBA league being out there. You're selling the PBA hall of fame experience, all of that stuff. Like to me, it makes a lot of sense. Now, again, I don't have any money to make this happen, so you got to go find the money, guys. Yeah, yeah. I understand you're listening. like, Oh, Spark, yeah, you big talker. You don't got to spend the money. Sure. True, I don't, but it's just something that should happen. Like, if you're going to be a true, legit sport, pro sport, which obviously the PBA has been for a long time, not to have some type of brick-and-mortar something for people to kind of tour through and see highlights of different eras and that type of stuff, I think it's 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 a big miss.
3: Well, they do have the the International Bowling Hall of Fame down in Arlington, Texas, at at, at the International Bowling Campus where USBC is headquartered. But it's there's a you know there's sections about the PBA. There's no true PBA Hall of Fame down there. So yeah, whether and again, this you, is a weird sport somewhere. where you have
1: all these different splits and everything else. The NFL is the NFL. Period. Right. That's it. There's not the NFL, and oh, then there's this this branch of it, right. then this branch of it. You got all these different damn branches, like. So it's different in that aspect. You've got world bowling, you've got the USBC, you've got the PBA. I get it. But I just think there, there, there should be something along those lines. And we can have the conversation of where it should be and who should fund it and all of that stuff. Um, but like Belmonte, like all the stuff that you could have in there, as hot as Belmonte is, could figure out a way to have some type of interactive experience with Belmonte. Um, I don't know. I, I I just I think there's a lot of cool stuff that could go with it. I well, just there, think I keep thinking about well, Baumont Mounty and um in
0: Australia I mean do they have anything for him out there because I mean god he's got to be the face of Australia phil isn't he there was so,
3: there was somebody in Australia that facetiously wrote in a a uh, a letter to the editor for one of the local papers down there it said they should con- con- construct a seventy-five foot tall statue of Belmo straddling a highway with his two-handed bowling, st- you know, so <laughs> he does get you know noticed down there. And Jason jokingly said, "Nah, they should make it hundred feet, not seventy-five, <laughs> right?" Type of thing. But he gets noted. He gets noticed a lot at home, and, and and Jason always shares when he does get noticed at home with national TV appearances and that type of thing. He, it's he interesting. Social media.
1: We're going to talk about the NASCAR show coming up here yeah. in a little bit, but Matt Kenseth was a NASCAR driver for many years, right? from the Cambridge, uh, Wisconsin area, which is by Madison, for those of you listening all over the country or the world, I guess it could be. Um, He had his own Hall of Fame. It was Matt Kenseth Hall of Fame. And I think it's closed now, but while he was racing, he had it. And he had fire suits from winning championships, all his different trophies, had a couple of cars, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff. I went up there, I took the tour, I did the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great idea. And, And to your point about Belmonte, That would make sense for Belmonte to have one of those, you know, in his hometown in Australia, wherever Mm -hmm. that is, or whatever the case may be. But as far as the PBA Hall of Fame goes, like, yeah, Mm I mean, that that that's definitely should be a thing. And then you have to figure out, okay, what type of interactive feature can we have that would make the younger kids right in their 20s or whatever else want to come in and, and, and attempt to do the interactive feature or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That that's that's interesting. I guess I always just assumed they had one and I just had never been to it. But now knowing that they don't have one, that's something that you know at some point. Should and have. I know Tom Clark has bigger yeah. fish to fry than worrying about a damn hall of fame. But for bowling heaven, I to me yeah. that, that that makes sense. We should get that guy on again. We had him on Charlie uh, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'll
3: talk to Charlie. I gotta talk to Charlie Char- about some other stuff in the next week or so. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll bring this up again.
1: Yeah, I'd like to have him on again. That Perfect. would be fun. Uh, okay, real quick here: uh, PBA uh, and NASCAR a TV show recap. I'm an idiot. I'll raise my hand. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a complete moron. Okay, I turned that thing on thinking yeah. I was going to see some PBA bowlers, uh, and what I got was a bunch of NASCAR dudes trying to bowl and a country singer. So <laughs> that's that's what I end up with. And you know, again, the country singer is by far the best bowler Jimmy of everybody Allen. there. Yeah. Jimmy right, yeah. Jimmy Allen. Um, and congratulations to him. I mean, that dude's on American Idol. The dude's doing PBA. He's all over NASCAR. Yeah. He's got his name and face everywhere. Story. You want to talk yeah. about marketing yourself and, and knowing how to get in front of people? That dude has got figure it figured out, does Jimmy Allen. And he's legit. Like, he's real, and I don't know,
3: I, I like him. Anyways. He's actually sponsoring a tournament series in Delaware where he grew up at a See? bowling center out there. So they have, like, every two months they have tournaments that he's helping sponsor and they they packed the first one packed the house last month. I mean, it was just absolutely wall to wall with bowlers and spectators. It was pretty cool to see. It.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's great. So, it saw a bunch of NASCAR drivers. Now, I'll say this. They weren't really a bunch of good NASCAR drivers. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse just won the Daytona 500. I you could have told me Ricky Stenhouse would have won the Daytona 500 in his career. I would have bet you as much money as you ever wanted a better person that there was no chance that dude was ever winning the Daytona 500. He is, he is that hard, hard tryer, you know, him and Danica tried really hard, uh, but it didn't work out. And normally him winning race, the same thing, prize real hard, doesn't win. But he won the Daytona 500. So that was nice. He had the Daytona 500 winner I- I- as part of it. Eric Amarola, he was involved in the whole thing here at the Milwaukee Mile back uh, when the Bush slash Nationwide race uh, was here. That was a big topic on Sparky's final inspection back in the day uh, uh, because of a sponsor deal and the whole thing locally, a local sponsor deal here. Uh, so there's some something to go along with him, but you don't have necessarily the big names. I, I want to know what the numbers look like. That I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued. I want to know how many people tuned in to watch that thing, um, that were fans of NASCAR or whatever else, and wanted to see these guys bulldoze.
0: Right. Uh, who would you? I, I keep thinking when I'm listening to you, who would you like to have seen on there? I'd like to see seen Kyle Bush on there.
1: I wouldn't. Well, Kyle Bush would have been great. Yes. Right. right. But see, the problem you have is is that depending on when they tape, when it was this thing recorded, it wasn't live. Was it? They
3: recorded Friday afternoon. Friday, right. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, you want to go get the stars, right? So you want Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, who actually just raced this weekend, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, uh, Jimmy Johnson, all those guys. But I'm guessing that you had to pay for every one of these dudes mm. in order to come bowl in this thing. Maybe not. Maybe Tom got them all to volunteer to come be a part of this for their brand and their mm-hmm. TV show. Maybe it didn't cost them anything. But yeah, for me, I want the the guys, you know, that, that have been around and established themselves a little bit more than the guys that ended up, you know, necessarily being out there. Tony Stewart. Yeah. Right. That's well, another guy. A, small now, a lot of these Tony guys are from his house. Right. A lot right. of these guys aren't racing necessarily. Uh, a lot of these guys are retired and in the TV booth now and so forth, but they're still the more recognizable names of NASCAR still today. I think than maybe the guys that they had now, Allen obviously is going to draw his audience mm-hmm. regardless, Phil, one way or the other, but I thought there would be a tie in, like there is with the Chris Paul tournament for so many years to be some PBA bowlers. But obviously that wasn't the case because as you said, they were bowling in other parts of the country.
3: Yeah. Jesper Svensson and Kyle Troop had to fly from the tournament in Jackson, Michigan. Uh, So they flew out late Wednesday or early Thursday to get out there for the Friday show. Uh, Daria and Verity, obviously coming from Florida. Yep. uh, You know, and they uh, both had just gotten back in the country recently. You know, Daria is from Poland and, and Verity from, from England. So, and they're getting ready for the women's tour season. So yeah, a lot of logistics having to go in to jamming that taping into the, into the schedule. And then, you know, here's Jesper and Kyle yesterday right back out and out here in Fairlawn uh, helping out at the, at the youth uh, coaching clinic that they were doing at at AMF River lane. So yeah, lots of, lots of travel and commitment for everybody involved in the, in in that go bowling NASCAR invitational. And I was kind of disappointed that Tony Stewart wasn't part of it. I mean, He's one of Sean Rash's sponsors. If you look on Sean Rash's jersey, he's got the Smoke logo and everything. And I know there's at least one other bowler at Tony's sponsors. He's got a couple of lanes in his house, you know, mm. in Indiana, and uh, he's 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 getting to be a bigger supporter of the sport. But I know Tony's busy with starting his uh, NHRA team with drag racing, and probably it was just tough to get to get Tony Stewart there for, for oh the sure taping yeah
1: no, no but 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 again don't don't mistake me when I say this but th- this was a great idea. By whoever Mm -hmm. came up with it. So if Tom Clark came up with this idea, good job. I doubt NASCAR came up with it. So I'm guessing this came from the PBA side to intertwine the two sports. Um, I I think it's a brilliant idea, regardless of who you sent out there from NASCAR, because you got the cross-promotion on the NASCAR telecast, I would assume, um, plus whatever else commercials you had running with inside the NASCAR races to promote uh, the PBA event. So you did tap into an audience that may or may not have been watching you. I mean, there might have been some old folks down south that haven't watched since Holman and Roth. I hadn't even turned it on since Holman and Roth. Oh, I forgot all about that. That used to be, you know, on ABC or whatever. So maybe you get some of those dudes to, to turn it on. But again, that's where I get a little bit conflicted here with as many of the NASCAR drivers that they had versus the actual PBA bowlers. There's not much you can do about it necessarily. I think as I'm thinking about this now, would it have made more sense to take that NASCAR event and put that in front of the next tournament that they're actually going to have, because it was recorded anyhow. So it wouldn't right. have mattered when you ran it. You could have ran this thing in June. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, but if, yeah. if you would have recorded that and then stuck that in the front as the lead in to an actual, you know, live tournament or whatever is going on. Phil.
3: Well, the problem with it, if they would have did it the immediate next week is you've got four TV shows and the 17 players step lighter coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from the tournament of champions. Right. I'm not so saying you really do this weekend, to push you it, out least, put it.
1: you could have right. attached it somewhere right. to an actual tournament where you get them in watching mm-hmm. and then you go into the live show next yeah. with the actual bowlers.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's tough this year because everything that's on Fox early in the season, it's all majors. Yeah. You know, it, it do they? it's a fine balance between, do you want to put this on and you know, you're going to get the cream of the crop coming to the top of the majors. I mean, we were, we saw EJ Tackett and Simonson and Trooper already in that first show at the U S open. You know, if, if, if you get those names in that event, we had Troop, sure. We had Svenson. not as many people know Yesper as they should. But if you would have gotten an EJ Tackett and Anthony Simonson and Troop and Svensson, a couple other ones, I think that'd be the better tie-in. Yeah, Verity and, and, and uh, Daria are great to be there. They're phenomenal athletes, but when are you going to see them again? You know, we right. talked about that mm-hmm. a couple. You know, PWBA Tour's got three events this year on CBS Sports Network. Other than that, unless you're a Bull TV subscriber, you're not going to see them uh so I would have liked to seen all PBA bowlers there nothing against Daria, nothing against Verity I'm gonna see the tour the women's tour when they're in Grand Rapids uh later on this year I'm gonna go as a, just a spectator but it should have been all PBA in my I will opinion. say
1: this NASCAR has a much bigger female audience than I think people realize I mean they okay. there there are a lot of females um that follow NASCAR now um for multiple reasons right I mean NASCAR is a soap opera Mm-hmm. It is. It's a, it's a soap opera all year. It's not, you know, think about it this way. So if you're the national football league, right. And the Packers and the bears, let's say are the rivalry. But let's say something goes down and it's legal here, whatever else they don't play next Sunday. You have to wait to whatever they play again on the schedule. Right. But if Kyle Bush wrecks Ricky Stenhouse or something and goes setting him, you know, into the wall, they get to be on the track right away the next week, and Kyle Bush can or Ricky Standouts can get retribution right away on Kyle Bush. It, it just like Formula One or IndyCar, who knew Dwight was an IndyCar fan. I learned that. <laughs> uh, or IndyCar because the the it's the drama of every week something can happen, and you can go, oh, that was from two weeks ago. You yeah, know, that's payback for that. And guys getting on the cars yelling and screaming and wanting to fight and all that, and then the, the strategy of when to pit and when not to pit. I, I think maybe that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, and now again, I don't go out nearly as much as I used to back in the day, got a family and the whole deal. But back in the day, you'd go to the bars and watch the NASCAR races. Mm-hmm. And it was all guys and girls. It wasn't just a, a bar filled with dudes. There were a lot of women in there uh, watching NASCAR races back in the day. And again, it could be for whatever the reason. Oh, I, I my husband watches it. So I watch it, and I like that guy. He's really cute. I'm, No, that's going to be my guy. Then they go out and they buy the jacket or they buy the t-shirt. And then you see all these women out of the different races, NASCAR races as well, partying and doing their thing. So I, there is a female audience. Now, does that translate to the women's tour in the PBA? I don't know, but, but there is a significant, I would bet. And I don't know this. And maybe Tom Clark has the demographics on it, but I would bet the percentage of fans that watching NASCAR race, there's a higher percentage of female viewers for that than there is for the PBA. I bet. What's your take on that then? Is it just the drivers yeah. that can relate more with the men drivers? Oh, it's the soap opera aspect of it. There's drama, right? I mean, women like drama. Yeah. Women like 90 Day Fiance and all of that stuff. I know my girl does. She's got, you know, all of those th- reality type shows. She's watching all that stuff because she loves the drama aspect of it. So when you get into a sport where you can have that immediate, plus there's a tinge of violence involved, right? Mm -hmm. That's why the NFL is so successful because of the violence that's involved, the big hits and whatever else. And you can turn it into flag football like the NFL is trying to do currently, but that, that is what grew the NFL in, in popularity. And that's kind of what hurts baseball is you don't have any of that necessarily that physicality, but in NASCAR, you do hockey, isn't nearly as popular as it probably should be necessarily, but there's that aspect. But even fighting in hockey has died down significantly over the course of time as they've tried to to get rid of uh, fighting in hockey, especially in the playoffs. You rarely ever see it in the playoffs. Uh, yes, Phil Brown.
3: Yeah, I mean this weekend I was covering a regional in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and the crowd there in person. You know, you mentioned demographics. It was probably eighty to eighty five percent male. Yep, fifteen percent female. And, you know, lots of guys hanging out, watching the other, you know, watching the guys bowl and talking and and socializing, you know, in in the bleachers or standing behind the bleachers. And yeah, but it was maybe 10 or 15 percent women there that were spectating. Whether that is different on TV when they're on FS1, that's a Tom Clark, you know, as you said, that's something Tom Clark has to do. But even in Jackson, Michigan, the the week before, during the tournament, it was about 80-20. During the TV finals, it was closer to 50-50 during the live stream finals. So, uh, lots of families that showed up for the, for the finals there. It was packed like a like it was a regular TV show. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, Dave Small, who's uh, marketed the PBA so great in the centers he owns in Michigan and, and, and Indiana. Uh, yeah, full house there. There's going to be a full house in Kokomo, I'm sure. And he's hosting the first PBA 50 World Series of Boeing in Jackson, Michigan, coming oh. up later in the PBA 50 year. So, they're going to have... Uh, three uh, different patterns out for qualifying. And then they're going to have their own PBA 50 world championship. So I know that's one of the tournaments Lenny mentioned. He's really looking forward to. It.
1: Okay. I, I want to go back to something else. So Lenny Borsch was just on the PBA hall of Famer. Uh, and he owns his pro shop at Castle Lanes racing, which by the way, that, that I love that bowling facility. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, mm-hmm. They've done such a great job down there. uh And, and then Dwight has his uh, in New Brunswick, spare time pro shop. So if we're having this much influx, of teenagers and high school kids or whatever else coming into open bowl. Like and there's no way to force it. We talked about this years ago when we did this show, there's no way to enforce it, but man, it would help the sports so much. If there's a PBA event on to have the damn thing on the TV, like it doesn't have to be on every TV, but just a couple of the TVs. My kid is 16. His buddy plays baseball and it starts on varsity as he was on varsity last year uh, uh as a sophomore okay this last season as a sophomore so he, he's a pretty athletic kid dude he's working at the bowling alley right and him and his buddies come in and they bowl and horse around and he's trying to get better and he's throwing it with two hands taught himself mm-hmm. trying to figure i'm like dude what are you doing here yeah. oh i'm getting better man i've been here like two or three days in a row Blah blah, blah, blah. i'm figuring this out and there's a bit of a challenge. Now imagine if I could have Kyle Trooper, somebody up on the PBA show one way or the other <laughs> yeah. to be like, Oh, I see what he's doing. All right. I can figure this out. Oh my God. Look at the amount of reps he's getting. Yeah. What if I could do like that type of stuff? No, I don't want to bowl league. I don't want to be tied down yeah. one night every week to go bowl league. I want to hang out with my buddies in high school. Fine. Get it. But still, If I can have that on on Sunday afternoons when the PBA is on and I got some high school kids open bowling and now they look up and they see what's going on, I think that's cool. And when we get to the summer, what's the alternative? Baseball? Fine. Have a couple screens on baseball. Cubs, Brewers, whatever you want. But you could at least allocate two or three TVs in 20 lanes to have the PBA tour. I think it's getting better.
0: Um, I'm seeing it getting better. I'm seeing bowling being put on the screens, at least at New Berlin, um, during at least like uh, when city tournament was going. Uh, they had uh, that's uh, good. Yeah. The US Open on while the bowlers were bowling. Um, but getting back to the youth, um, I, I see it proprietor as a lost ability to grab that uh, recreational bowler while they're there, while they're enjoying the sport, and go down with a little slip saying, hey, you know, we have like a trios league starting this summer. I mean, you got three guys on your team pair right now, bowling. Why don't you guys maybe look into a summer league? You know, you you had that lost opportunity to just give them a little flyer yeah. and say, I mean, 13 weeks over the summer, and then you got those guys maybe for even the fall and winter, um, to grow the leagues. I know I get it with the whole I want to go when I want to go type of deal, but it's a
1: long winter. I would love to know. Does anybody, you can tweet at me at Sparky Radio, uh, Dwight at Dewey 300, Phil at Bruce City Bowling. Are there leagues around the, the country? Because here, locally in Wisconsin, we've got volleyball, and sand volleyball courts attached to every bowling alley you can find. So hmm. that's how every proprietor has decided they're going to yep. make money in the summer, right. is we're going to have volleyball leagues outside. Right. We do I wonder yeah. if there would be any interest in doing a volleyball bowling league where... One week it's volleyball, the next week you're bowling, the next week it's volleyball, the next week you're bowling. So you're essentially playing volleyball every other week and then you're bowling every other week from, you know, say May to September or whatever the case may be. Like I remember growing up and I was on Vegas leagues in the summer. Every summer I'd be on a Vegas league and, you know, and whoever won the league got a trip to Vegas and stay at a resort or whatever the case may be. And that was beautiful. Loved it. Right. Big fan. But. It can get warmer outside. People don't want to be stuck inside and so forth. So in order to make them both work, maybe there would be some interest in kind of doing both Phil.
3: I've seen bowling centers and volleyball courts do, if you're rained out, coming in and bowl for free. That That's type cool. of thing. Yeah. I mean, so they tie it in that way. I haven't seen anything where it's been, you know, bowl one week, play volleyball the next week, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good idea. Hey, Dwight, let everybody at New Berlin know. Maybe you should try it for a summer league this should- year. Right. who knows if it would I mean, work? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it it's works, just yeah, an idea, right? right?
1: Because I guarantee you this. There are guys and girls that are playing volleyball in the summer that are on couples leagues or leagues just in general in the wintertime. And then yes. in the summer, they go and play volleyball. And yep. if you want to and said, look, you can still play volleyball, but let's go bowl one week and then volleyball the next week and work it back and forth. And if you had two of those leagues where they crisscrossed, where, you know, on Tuesday nights, this league is bowling and this league's outside for volleyball. The next Tuesday night, they switch. I don't know. Versus saying, okay, Tuesdays are, are filled, yeah. you know, for volleyball, whatever the case may be. Now you can get, I think, double the amount of people uh, in in order to, to do both leagues at one time. And now you're utilizing outside and inside at the same time. Now my bar is cooking on the inside from the bowlers that are bowling. Plus, I still got my volleyball action going. Summers are short in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, that's my... it's like two weeks. Right. Yeah. If you're talking warm weather, like
0: 80s, <laughs> 90s. Yeah, right. And that's my only thought. If it would have been a longer summer, maybe that could something work. But I think the volleyball ballers go into it with the option, uh, the uh, analogy that, hey, it is a sh- short summer. We better take advantage of every week that we have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these volleyball players even play in the rain, unless we have lightning, of course, right. Then it's canceled. Correct. But a great idea. It would be interesting to see if it did take off. But we actually have a whole team of bowlers that play volleyball. Sure. And I know all of them drill all for all of them uh that are in a league uh at new berlin for volleyball i'm waiting for
1: horseshoes to take off again i mean mullets are back in fashion these high to school kids to come out. <laughs> i mean horseshoes are going to be coming back next i'm just i, I you just have to imagine that's going to be the next <laughs> thing that's going to be popular my kid 16 year old do you know what he's doing this started within the last month him and his buddies all decided in class because they get bored in class or they get their work done or whatever else that they were all going to teach themselves how to play chess On their phones. Mm -hmm. So they all have the chess app on their phone and then they all get to go against one another, whatever else. I was like, really chess. That's what do you know how to play chess? I know how to play chess, but I didn't think it was something cool uh, that y'all would do. And these are all athletes that are all doing this stuff. I'm just like, Okay, whatever. I mean, it takes more brains than checkers. I'll give you credit on right. that. Well, there was a, actually a quote on social
0: media from a, a, a PBA fan saying this week after EJ won his third title that EJ and Simonson are playing chess and everyone yep. else is playing checkers. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. And that,
1: but that's okay. Now we just need a rivalry to start up between somebody. I'm <laughs> still waiting for right. that to happen. They need a, a Sean Rash Jr. That's what I- they need. They need... Somebody like Rash Jr. That Steve Weber Jr. Jr. That's right. I think Weber Jr. would be amazing. I mean, that yeah. now we're talking miracles. I don't, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I'd settle for <laughs> Sean Rash Jr. at this point. I mean, uh, that'll do it uh, for another edition of the spare time bowling show. Always a fun one. Download wherever you download your favorite podcast. Obviously, you found us now. Tell your friends, and and I am working, I don't know if it'll be this week. I started on this on Friday on YouTube. There's an Odyssey A-U-D-A-C-Y sports page, and I'm working to get this podcast as well as my uh, Curt and Long Packers podcast, my green and bowling podcast up onto this YouTube page and on this odyssey sports YouTube page. It's all of our podcasts for 2,400 sports from all across the country, all of our NFL podcasts. We're the only bowling podcast. So that should make things a lot easier for everybody to find us. Uh, So I'm working on that. So hopefully by the time we get back next week, I can tell you that this one specifically uh, is up on YouTube and the ones going forward will be up on YouTube. So follow Phil uh, at Bruce city bowling, follow Dwight at Dewey 300. You can follow me. At Sparky Radio. Uh, Phil, what's on the agenda this week for you? Are you out and about?
3: Uh heading back home from Ohio today and uh nothing for another couple of weeks. I'll be in Carpersville, Illinois in a couple of weekends for a PBA 50 event. I'm sure I'm gonna see Lenny at and he's gonna to try to take out another regional title. Sweet. All right, very good. Looks like sounds like fun. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Toodles.